Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the Empire State Conservatives Podcast. It is me, your host, Evan, here with very, very special guest, Sheriff Mike Carpinelli, who is running for New York State Governor against the evil Emperor Cuomo. Sheriff, thank you so much for coming on the show. Been waiting so long to have you on. Thank you, Evan, for having me. I really appreciate it. All right, guys, before we get started, just a reminder, if you would like to support us to please go to EmpireStateConservatives.com. There we have links to all of our merchandise, the profits of which go back into spreading the message of conservatism in New York and fighting back against the current leftist oppression that we are living under. But let's get it started. Sheriff Mike, I've been hearing your name for a while now. I'm glad we finally got to sit down and talk. Why don't we give the folks at home who don't really know who you are, because I know you're from farther upstate, a little bit of background of who you are, your background, your experience in, I know you've worked in law enforcement your whole life, and what you're doing now, and what kind of pushed you to run against Andrew Cuomo? Sure. We'll start with my background. Um, I'm originally from downstate New York. My family came from Comac, Long Island. Uh, Yonkers and Kingston is where I grew up, in Kingston, New York. And uh, I started my career down in Kingston, New York, after getting home from the United States Army. And uh, I spent seven years in the agencies down in Kingston, and then I transferred up to Rochester, New York, in the city of Rochester. Loved it up there. Had 14 great years. I was in uh, on the street in some specialized units, and I uh, retired in 2006 and moved up to uh, Lewis County, the great northern part of uh, New York State. And uh, while up there, uh, with about four months of being uh, semi-retired and raising my daughter with my wife, uh, I was recruited by the sheriff's office to come work part-time with them. And uh, it was a great, great honor to come over there. I'm, I'm so happy that I did it. I uh, worked the sheriff's office uh, in the Parks and Recs Agency, then went to the Road Patrol. And uh, after six years of being on the, on the Road Patrol, the, um, my, my, my sheriff retired. And uh, the community and some of the people in the agency asked of me to run for sheriff, and I did. And uh, I've now been the sheriff in the county in my third term for Lewis County. Now, Comac, you're more downstate. I mean, it's the same level of downstate. I'm, I'm from originally from Washington. Now I live in Westbury. But Comac, oh, okay. you're more down. Technically, you're more like Long Island than I am. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yes. But, you know, um, I, I, I spent a lot of time out there as a kid. I, like I say I grew up in Kingston. All my cousins and uh, my great aunt and uncle uh, were out there on, on Long Island. And uh, a lot of my other cousins were. So we had, we had a lot of family get togethers out that way. All right. So, again career in law enforcement, now in the sheriff's department, it's it doesn't seem like that big of a step. As a sheriff up there, is that, is that an elected official? It is elected official. Um, one thing that, that that I looked into before um, I decided to run 100%, uh, I obviously went and looked at what it was to be a sheriff. You know, we all see the Westerns on TV um, as, a, as, as young people, and we admire, you know, um, watching the shows and everything. But when you actually look into the real um, – the reasoning and uh, where it stands within the Constitution of the United States, what an honor it is uh, to take that oath, uh, you know, to defend the people uh, um, that, that that have elected you and, uh, um, to, and to adhere to that and, and to adhere to it and follow it um, and live by it. Not just, uh, you know, say the words and, uh, and throw it out there, but to live by it. Yeah, so a lifetime of service to the people of this state. What made you think that you needed to make that jump to running for governor? Well, I was I, listen. I, I've watched over the last uh, since since twenty thirteen, uh, you know, twenty twelve, twenty fourteen. I've watched this current person uh, that's the governor um, put down so many so called edicts, uh, take away a lot of our rights, or try or at least do the best he can uh, to literally obliterate um, the respect of the United States, uh, the Constitution, and what, what we have there as our rights. But what did it for me finally was was uh, last year again hearing him say on the radio that there was no room for conservatives in the state of New York. Why don't you move away? Uh, this is what we're going to do here, and that's it. Well, he is sadly mistaken. That's not going to happen by us. And uh, that's what pretty much sparked me 
uh, to set off the, uh, you know, as they say, the powder keg inside me to go, okay, we're jumping into the ring. Let, let, let's, let's have a fight and let's do it. I mean, it's important because if you look at this state before the 2018 midterms, it was a very red state. And the lie that's pushed throughout, you know, all of Long Island and lower New York is that it's a blue state and Republican votes don't matter. So why bother? Just stay home. We have a large number, especially upstate and even Nassau and Suffolk County and Westchester County as well, of gun owners in this state who've been used and abused by Governor Cuomo. I mean, the SAFE Act is possibly one of the worst pieces of legislation that I've ever read in my entire life. The whole thing's a joke. It doesn't do anything to curb gun violence. In fact, we have one of the highest rates now in New York City where the Second Amendment doesn't even exist. It's, it essentially does not exist in New York City. And we're having shootings going up over 300%. We have people shot. I think we had like 14 people shot over the weekend. It's crazy. Like we're trying, it's like, are we trying to be Chicago or are we trying to be New York? But at some point, how are we going to make the changes needed in New York so that people can feel safe in their homes? So it's like a combination, right? We have the safe act and we have bail reform and I want to allow you to tackle them separately, but regard with regards to the safe act, what is your plan to deal with that? Just go. It's just garbage. In my opinion, it's garbage legislation. You understand it's garbage legislation, and, and, and let's let's call it for what it is. They pulled a sham on the people's what they did. They waited for a, a few bad things to happen to good people in our state. Then they used their deaths and their tragedies to shove this bill up everybody's backside. And uh, they pretty much lied to everybody. And I'll tell you what, you can't put this to blame on the governor because whether whether my senators and some of them like this or not, it's the truth. They let it pass. Um, they let it pass. They, uh, you know, it was held up for what, 11 or 12 hours, they said. Uh, it got to the point where, um, you know, the budget was behind it the whole bit. So they passed the SAFE Act. That doesn't give me much faith uh, in our elected officials that we trust to stand guard for us against a tyrant or uh, one person trying to be a king uh, in the state of New York. That, that didn't leave me too happy. So you're, you're absolutely right about that. The SAFE Act does nothing to protect the good people. Doesn't even do anything to protect the bad people. They, they, they're not going to follow the law anyhow. They, they'll, they'll go out and they'll buy guns off the streets, out of the back of a truck, out of the back of a car, uh, from drug houses, wherever they can get them from. That is not what the safe fact uh, uh, um, you know, is supposed to be stopping. Well, they thought it was going to. Obviously, it did not. What did it do? It attacked the good law-abiding citizens of the state of New York. I mean, it really does. It takes away your ability to properly defend your home, especially people who live in northern New York. Like, I'm on Long Island. Do I need an AR for home defense? No, I have I have a 12 gauge shotgun. You know, I can I can defend my home pretty well with that. But if I have land, if I have a larger area, I need something that's going to be more reliable. And the arbitrary nonsense that is in the SAFE Act does nothing to make anyone any safer. I talk about this with people that I work with all the time. I have a few gun guys at work. And I go, yeah, you know, I got an AR, but you know, it's flat dark earth, so it's not as dangerous as those scary big black guns. <laughs> well, you know, what, what are we seeing, like you said, for as far as home defense? I don't think it, should, it shouldn't matter what caliber you use for home defense. If somebody's going to break into my home to harm my family, to steal my property, or do serious bodily harm to me, I don't care if it's a 45, I don't care if it's a 38, 57, 22, AR-15, uh, to a 44 Magnum, you name it. It doesn't matter. But what does matter is when they start passing gun laws, so, so-called gun laws. Again, I'll say so-called because why it violates the Constitution. Um, what's the first thing it does? It harms the innocent person trying to protect themselves and their family. And not just to protect themselves and their family. How about their neighbor? How about their fellow police officer has a problem on the street and something goes bad? That's what is stopping. 
You know, I love that answer. I was trying to set you up a little bit. I was trying to get you to be like, yeah, you don't need an AR-15. But in reality, it doesn't matter whether whether I need it or not. It is my right to own that in order to defend my home and defend my family. Amen. So, perfect, perfect answer, Sheriff Mike. I was, try, I, was, I was trying to be a little sneaky. I wasn't really trying to trip you. I was trying to be a little sneaky. And you gave me the perfect, perfect answer. But but really, it's – and you like you talked about it. He attached it to the budget. And he did the same thing with the Reproductive Health Act. I mean, it's shady politics. And we can't have that in New York. It's made people feel like they can't be here, like they need to leave. And we're losing people at a record pace. And he takes no responsibility. It's just it's garbage leadership from the top down. And like you said, our elected officials did not show any backbone in standing up to this guy. We had control over the state for such a long time. And they let this guy just do what he wanted by attaching stuff to the budget, by attaching stuff to raises. And it's just, we, we need someone with backbone in office. We do. Well, you know, you're, you're right. It was, you know, it's, to, uh, I mean, it's not just like, least like having, having a backbone. It's this, let's call BS when we see BS, right? Let's not, uh, when, when somebody's, when somebody's going to lie to us, uh, listen, you got to call them. It's a lie. Just tell me the truth. You know, uh, there's a famous saying, uh, you know, in the outlaw Josie Wales, where the one gentleman says to the senator, don't piss down my back, senator, and tell me it's raining. That's exactly what's happening right now in this state every damn day, unfortunately. Every time you hear about the budget, every time you hear that they're going to make new laws. And unfortunately, like I said, I, look, I don't mean to offend my, my local senators and assemblymen, but come on, guys. You know, you, you, you took an oath like I did. I expect you to stand as strong as I've stood for the people in my county. And I expect that to do the same thing when I run for governor as I am, that should I attain that seat, from my heart and my soul and my character, I will do the same way as the governor to defend the people of the state of New York. And that doesn't mean just against violence. That means to tell the truth. That means not to pull the wool over people's eyes, not to pass a law because somebody stuffed a bunch of money into a campaign account, not because somebody's looking to get a, a, you know, a couple of new bridges built or some roadways down or put public housing in some place where it doesn't belong. It's that keep to your character, you know, follow your oath. And, and do what the people want you to do, not what these donors or, uh, you know, outside entities trying to gain favor uh, with power along with the government. That, listen, that's the whole problem in the state of New York. There is too many hands that have been in his pockets that he has donated money out to or favors out to. And now a lot of these people and a lot of the, the people that are involved in politics are old favors and uh, they, they don't stand strong because of that. Yeah, I know people are going to want to hear, but that's the truth. So there you have it. No, 100 percent. And, you know, moving on to the next garbage legislation that is extremely negatively fact impacted New Yorkers. Bail reform has been an abject failure <laughs> from the beginning, from day one. I mean, we covered this from day one since even like the week before it officially went into effect and they were doing it in New York. You had people committing essentially hate crimes in Brooklyn, New York, just released. And then the same day committing more hate crimes. And it's just this this whole idea that you don't need to hold criminals responsible or that if someone commits a crime, they shouldn't be, it's like they shouldn't be punished for committing a crime. It has done nothing but increase violent crime. You see these criminals getting more and more brazen. You had the subway, the guy on the subway who was arrested like, like over a hundred times or something be like, Hey, yeah, thanks Democrats. I'm out. I'm out on the amount with no bail. It's terrible. It's, it's just, that's something that needs to be rectified. Where do you see that going? Is there a way I mean, is there a way to get this legislature now, which is mostly Democrat, without flipping it, to get rid of this, again, garbage legislation? I say there's always a way. You just got to find the right path to get to it. But there's always a way. Don't give up. Um, in regards to the bail reform, plant that right back down on the New York City District Attorney's Office. The whole thing where this came from was, from what I understand, from what we've been told as sheriffs, 
was that an individual was incarcerated, I guess, that on Rikers Island. Uh, as a young gentleman, they said he was temporarily, uh, you know, not forgotten, but um, hadn't been represented, hadn't had uh, the time and whatever. And uh, they found that was an injustice to that individual. He was an African-American. Um, and what they did was they started having a, a, a uh, you know, a, a get behind push cause for this bail reform so that more uh, African-Americans. And, and again, here's what gets me. Here's a party, the Democratic Party that claims to be a party of all inclusiveness. Why are they always single out the African-Americans then? Why don't you make them feel citizens of the state of New York? Don't go by their color, their race, their or, or their ethnicity. They're citizens of the state of New York. But no, once again, the Democrats go ahead and use race to accomplish what they want to accomplish. Uh, sorry about that, but I, I, I got to say just like it is. Now, the bail reform thing hasn't done a darn thing at all except increase more crime on the streets of, of New York State. Not just New York City, New York State. And also it's affected other states when these individuals leave our state and commit crimes in other places. It's what, what, what the idea of this whole thing is, we know, is to create more anarchy in the state of New York, more divisiveness to upset more people. You know, and I, I'll tell you what, thank God, literally, that, they, 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 that, that the average person, and I say, and I mean average person, is seeing through this smoke cloud of, uh, um, you know, race baiting politics. That's exactly what it is. I mean, it's one of, the, it's, it's, listen, I'm a huge gun rights guy, as you can tell by my shirt and my flag. I'm a huge proponent of the Second Amendment. But. This the bail reform is possibly one of the most tone deaf pieces of legislation ever. So you're saying that you're there to com to protect minority communities, which in New York City or the high crime neighborhoods are predominantly minority neighborhoods. You are then releasing criminals back into these minority neighborhoods so they can commit more crimes on these people who you claim to be trying to protect. It it it's it's almost like they have never. I don't know, stepped outside their own front door. There's not, there's no logic behind it. I have trouble trying to like even wrap my head around what their thought process was besides the fact that they go, I'm going to go on TV and look really good. And then just stop thinking immediately after that. You're 100% correct. Listen, I'll, I'll give you one person, a great example. I just stated three letters, A-O-C. There you go. Okay. I mean, that's all you have to say. And, and look, and look what they, uh, anyhow. Listen, the bail reform is a complete sham. It's a joke. But unfortunately, the joke is being played on the innocent people. And that's who's getting hurt. And that's who's, that's who's paying for this. Now, the other side of that is, is that they claim to care about everybody, uh, you know, that has um, different, uh, what do they want to say, um, addictions, uh, mental health uh, 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 concerns. And what do they do? Instead of having them come in into the facilities, we can take time as, 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 a, uh, as sheriffs in our in our facilities, and I'm talking about our jails, and where we can do an evaluation, which has which is done on everybody who comes into these facilities, and then get them the treatment, get them the help. No, now, you, now, now they don't even come in. They go before the judge. Judge kicks them loose. No bail. Goodbye. Out the door they go. And then what do the same politicians do that made this ridiculous bail reform? They whine and cry that oh look, so and so, the poor guy, poor guy, poor girl didn't get the help they needed. Well. Unfortunately, you passed a law that makes us now we can't even as law enforcement people attempt to get them the first in the front door types of concern and care that they need. I mean, it, yeah, and it's it's always completely short sighted. And I said this a lot about a lot of the legislation that's pushed through by Democrats and especially in this state. It's all short sighted. It's all what it looks like. It's never how is it effective? Is it going to help anyone? Is it going to hurt anyone? There's no thought put into it. No. And at the end of the day, if someone has a, as a mental health issue, they need help. And oh. if, if, if we're just going to be like, no, it's fine. You know, live your life. Keep doing what you're doing. 
that's not helping people. So don't tell me you care about people who have opioid addictions. Or you care about people who have schizophrenia, and then you're not going to allow them to get help that they need. Instead, you're kicking them out onto the street. Yeah, I'm 100% correct. You know, it, it, when they talk about the opioid addiction problem, and uh, one of the things that, that we started, you know, a few years back in that was, was directing people that had those problems, where to get treatment um, and, and, and how to get treatment. Uh, Narcan was a big thing, uh, you know, coming forward and stuff. Now they don't even come into the facility. So I'm, I'm not saying that being arrested should be a door, you know, to get people the treatment. OK, I'm not saying that. That's not the way we want to see it done. But when it does occur, that's right. Law enforcement is not just there to lock everybody up and, and, and put you away. We're there to help. Number one. Remember what it says first? Is to protect and serve. That's what it says. That's what we do. I mean, that's huge. And again, like you just said, getting arrested shouldn't be the way that you, that forces you to get treatment. But when you hit rock bottom and you are sitting in that cell, maybe it's time to turn your life around. That's the point where you can go, hey, I can either keep going down this path that I'm going down or I can take the help that they're offering me. But if they don't get that hand, right, if they don't get that offer of help, then they can't choose to take it. Absolutely correct. Absolutely. Evan. All right. So as we all know, this state has been in massive amounts of debt before coronavirus. Coronavirus only made it worse, but we've been in massive amounts of debt, losing insane amounts of people every single month, again, before coronavirus. And then the handling of COVID was just absolutely just garbage. You know, we have the highest death rate per capita, the highest amount of deaths. We saw our, God, the Emmy. The fact that he was nominated for an Emmy and then wrote a book, it's like it, it, it's failed leadership at all at all sets. So the state requires a lot of work to turn it around. We have budget issues. We have the, some of the highest taxes in the country. We are actually rated, I think, dead last in terms of personal freedom. What does a Sheriff Carpinelli governorship look like to help turn around this state? Well, I can say right off the bat, there's not going to be any more mandates or any executive orders pushed down from the from the king's throne because that's not what it is. OK, that 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 chair that, that the governor sits in uh, is picked by the people. And you're there to represent the people and you're there to be adhered to the Constitution. Uh, you know, a governor should not we, 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 they shouldn't be legislating from that chair in that office. You shouldn't you're not, you're not there to pass laws. What you're there to do as a governor is to watch both houses put legislation together, have a vote on it. Should be heard by the people. A lot of times it's not anymore. Don't ask me why. And then it's put before the governor then. Uh, and as we all know, um, and I'm not saying that there's not a place for it amongst the process, but all this backdoor talking and lobbying they do, a lot of times does not come out good for the public, does it? It always comes out better for the individual corporation or the individual donor or person that was there for it. Uh, so there will be none of that with, you know, with this guy if I get in there. Um, we, we got to keep patriotism in the state of New York. Got to keep patriotism. Listen, this, this is this is one of the most important states in all the history from the Revolutionary War, from almost all and all the wars after that. I mean, you look at you look at, at New York State and you ride through some of the towns and villages. A lot of them we have in some of the cemeteries. You see so many veterans that laid their lives down uh, from 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 the Civil War. World, you know, World War II, all the way through, you know, Vietnam, Korea, you name it, uh, uh, the Gulf War, all the way forward to current. You see this through all the, you know, the, the towns and stuff throughout the state of New York. And every day on a holiday, you'll see the, you know, the typical politician come out, pick up a flag, make a speech, have a hot dog, say hello and slap somebody in the back, shake a hand and reach out for money for a donation for a campaign. That's not this guy. OK, I live it every day. I understand what it's like. 
Uh, you know, to see people make a sacrifice, uh, I understand the loss of it is to the families for that. I, my, my whole family in the past, I, and, and, I, and I was so blessed to have them around me as a young individual. Um, I had, uh, you know, a couple of great uncles uh, it, uh, for, for D-Day. Um, I had a, uh, an uncle that was in the Marines in Vietnam. My father who served in the Armor, 32nd Armored Division. Um, myself served in the United States Army. My youngest brother served. Two of my nieces, two, two girls, two of my girls have served. Uh, and one in the Army, one in the United States Navy. You know, it's like we just don't talk the talk. We walk the walk. And I think that when, um, as other patriotic families do in the state of New York, but by gosh, I'll tell you, damn it, it's time that we have the respect given back by our politicians who are allowed to sit in those chairs because of the sacrifices and the and the commitment that people have made so they can have a free system of voting and to have a system where we, we, we put the process uh, on how we govern ourselves through the Constitution, not just through money and pushing things uh, through in the, in the middle of the night through a budget and, uh, and then cover it inside the pages. So nobody can read a damn thing, understand it. So uh, that, that's what I believe and that's you're going to get from this guy right here. I mean, it's a, you're a hundred percent on point with this and the amount of, if I say I'm a huge history fan. So me and my fiance, we used to go up to sleepy hollow every year and go to that cemetery. That cemetery has monuments from the American revolution with just tons of names. And then you look at the civil war and it's the same family names. You have these families who have served this country since its inception, going from all the way that. And then to American heroes like Mike Murphy and you have, it's, it's disgusting the amount the shambles that this state is in right now. It's overspending, it's waste, like you said, backdoor deals. We need someone with integrity who's going to stand by and do what their job is supposed to be. Again, it's not about hiring that strong man who's going to be like, oh, I'm pushing what you want. It's not selective tyranny. It's do the job the way it's supposed to be done and ensure the people are being served. And you, and you know, Evan, you think that that shouldn't be so hard to do, right? You would think that. It's pretty, I mean, it sounds pretty simple. I mean, there you I go. It was pretty there you easy. go. I, you know what? I, I, do, I tell you what I do as a sheriff. It, it is easy to do it when you follow your heart. OK, when you follow your heart and your conviction that you have and you adhere to it. Yes, it is. But when you start going out and you're trying to please one small particular group or you're trying to, uh, um, you know, how do I want to say you're not going to please everyone, but you're going to do the best that you possibly can to make it fair make it as fair as you can. What, 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 what I've seen throughout this state uh, in, in my 56 years here, uh, we started out in a lot of good places uh, from the 70s, 80s. We, we, we were coming through some good times, making ourselves better. We're not perfect. We, we made mistakes uh, in, in, our, in our culture and things that we do, but we've always improved, always improved. All of a sudden now, you would think that they put us inside Looney Tune cartoon things there, Hit the uh, world one there with the with the guy who used to make the cyclone, and there's everything flying out of it, and nobody's making any sense. And we're all sitting there watching the show, going, "Is this for real?" Because you know what, we're caught up in it. So uh, it's it's just got to change. It's it's got to change. So Sheriff Mike, again, you essentially have been all over the state of New York. Again, raised on Long Island, living in Yonkers, now upstate. You were in Rochester. What has the campaign trail been like? What have you been doing? How have you, you know, how have you been kind of spreading the word? Because once again, you are a sheriff upstate. You might not have the initial name recognition of someone like Lee Zeldin, who right. is in the United, who is in the United States House of Representatives. But what's the campaign trail be like? What's the reception that you've gotten from people that you've interacted with? Oh, it's been, by the way, what, what guy are you talking about? No, I'm just kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> I had to throw that to you, Lee. I owe you one. Um, uh, you know, listen, it's, it's, it's been great. The people have been great. Um, I've been getting all around. 
uh, talking to many people as possibly can in groups. I listen. I don't. I want everybody to know out there. I don't care if there's five of you, up to up to five hundred. I love to come talk to you and sit down. I'll have a cup of coffee. Not that I need any more caffeine, but I love to come down and have a cup of coffee with you and discuss the issues. Listen, that's that's you you, you get to take. That's, what, that's how I did it when I became sheriff. You gotta you gotta talk to the people. You can't do it. Uh, you know, riding in the car waving to people. You can't do it. Picking up a phone and just talking to that way. You have to be able to sh- listen. You got to be able to shake hands. You have to be able to sit down, have a meal. Um, you have to be able to have somebody stand in front of you and go, hey, look, I don't like you. Great. Why don't you? Tell me why. You know what? You don't like me? Great. But then later on, all of a sudden, find out, hey, you know what? It's not the kind of person I thought that he or she was. I do like him. But how are we going to unless we meet each other, right? So that, that's what it takes to do these campaigns uh, to get out there. And I got to tell you, the people so far across the state have been very gracious. And, uh, and, and again, for those of you who don't know me, it's Sheriff Mike Carpenter in Lewis County. I am running for governor in 2022. Sheriff, I think that's a great place to wind this down, unless there is something else that you really wanted to discuss from your campaign platform. Evan, what I want to say is this to everybody. Listen, we have hope. Uh, don't ever forget, we have a God in Christ in this country that we follow. Uh, he has mercy upon us. And for all those, there is hope out there. Do not give up your faith. Do not give up your firearm ever for a good cause. And let's remember this Constitution and all the people's lives that were laid down to defend it all the way to current. We cannot forget that. Don't dishonor it. Let's vote smart. Let's start doing things right in the state of New York again and bring it back. Amen. So, Sheriff Mike, why don't you tell the folks who are watching and who are listening later on where they can find out more about your campaign, where they can donate should they choose to do that on on the uh, World Wide Web. Sure. Uh, my site is uh, Sheriff Carpinelli for New York Governor 2022. I also have a Facebook page that's Sheriff Mike Carpinelli. On both those, you can go to, you can donate, click on there if you'd like. And I have a hard time asking for that. So listen, all, all I want to say is this. I'm not looking for the money, folks. I just want your support and your vote. That's what's going to count the most here. That's where you can go. Uh, go to those sites, contact us. We'll reach back out to you, make a phone call to you. And I can't thank you all enough. All right, Sheriff. Last thing I want information from you. Do you know where your next uh, campaign stop is going to be? Uh, my next campaign stop is going to yeah, I, actually, yeah, I do know I'm, I'm going to be over in, um, in, uh, was it, I was in Watertown and then we're headed to, uh, Syracuse coming up next outside of Syracuse. All right. Well, sure. We'll I'm going to keep, keep track of you because next, if you head back down to Long Island, I definitely want to come shake your hand. I believe you're the best man for the job and you have my full support with this. So guys, Make sure that you visit Sheriff Mike's website. Make sure that you visit his Facebook page. Give it a like. If you can, donate to his campaign or just, again, just give him your vote. That's all he wants. He's not asking for your money. He just wants your vote. This is someone who understands that we, the people, come first and we are more important than the government because their power comes from our will. So, guys, once again, thank you guys so much for watching. If you are so inclined, once again, please go to EmpireStateConservers.com. You can purchase any of our merchandise, such as our defund gun control shirt, our Make America Armed Again hat, and all the other stuff. All of that goes back into spreading the message of conservatism so we can get people like Sheriff Mike Carpinelli and we can help spread their message because people like Sheriff Mike are honestly the only reason why I have faith that we can turn this state around. It's, it's true patriots who understand exactly what's going on here. Um, make sure you guys follow us on Instagram at underscore Empire State Conservatives, on Facebook at Empire State Conservatives, on YouTube at Empire State Conservatives. And if you – I think that's it. Yeah, that's, that's about it. We used to have a lot more social media, and then we just got kicked off of a whole bunch of stuff. <laughs> Evan, you keep doing what you're doing too. It's so important. Thank you.
All right, Sheriff Mike, thank you so much, guys. And so everybody for that, stay safe and don't let fear take your freedom. Take care.